In this month's Dhamma podcast, we present Chapter 2, What is Vipassana? From the upcoming audiobook, Realizing Change, by Ian Hetherington. Chapter 2 What is Vipassana Meditation? I took my first Vipassana course in October 1991. Previously, I'd been a shy and nervous person, afraid of meeting new people, and very easily upset. I was also quite a negative person. As a child, I used to be called Eeyore, a doleful donkey character in A.A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh stories. This was because of my glum attitude to life. It must have had some truth in it because, independently, I was given the same nickname by my peers when I went to university. To some extent, I am, of course, that same person today, but there have been some big changes. Kerry Jacobs became writer-in-residence at a British prison and now teaches in Japan. Why meditate? Meditation means different things to different people. In the West, the word commonly carries a very loose meaning connected with thinking things through, pondering, reflecting. It can also have associations with prayer or religious contemplation, relaxation and altered states of consciousness. Interest in meditation has been growing steadily since the 1960s but the breadth of definition can be confusing. It covers such a range of activities which use the same term in very different ways. To lots of people, it remains a hazy area, even weird. What's it all about? In Vipassana, meditation means mental development. It refers to certain specific exercises and techniques which are used for focusing and unknotting the mind. There are so many other pressing demands on our time and attention, so why would anyone want to meditate? With Vipassana, we learn how to go inside our hearts and minds for real, to find out who we are and build on that truth. We learn how to step back from the world of stimulation outside, to ground ourselves, to pull ourselves together, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and reconnect ourselves with nature. We learn that peace is inside us and how to find it. We meditate to strengthen the mind. An athlete spends hours each day keeping the body fit. The exercises we practice in Vipassana make for a thorough mental workout. We heighten our powers of concentration. We discover fresh resources of energy. We become more available to other people and useful to society. We learn a practical way of overcoming the storms and stress in our daily lives. We stop creating pain for ourselves and offloading our distress onto others. We learn how to develop and share selfless love and compassion. We learn how to detoxify the mind, becoming more positive, less reactive, more understanding, less judgmental, 
more giving, less self-centered. We start to take control, to enrich our lives immeasurably, to change ourselves for the better. What Vipassana isn't. Doubt and suspicion often accompany something new, which is what Vipassana meditation is to many. It's healthy to be sceptical. The spiritual field has had its share of frauds, scandals and even tragedies in recent years. Let's deal with a number of possible misunderstandings directly. Vipassana is not about escaping from the demands and responsibilities of the real world. Exactly the opposite. The meditation practice helps to enlarge our capacity for creative participation in society and is rightly called the art of living. Is this another abstract philosophy to be endlessly debated by people in ivory towers? No. The teaching is simple and practical. Everyone from youngster to professor can understand it. It is firmly based in our own experience as we learn to observe the truth inside. We are not told what to think. We are shown what we are and can be. So what's the aim of Vipassana? To control people, like some religion or sect? Let's be clear about the goal of the technique, which is to purify the mind. As we've already said, mind matters most in a person. It is the engine that drives all we say and do. The human mind is full of goodness. We see it in the innocence of young children, in the outpouring of support for humanitarian aid programs, in moments of self-sacrifice. Unfortunately, this positivity is frequently overshadowed by powerful mental impurities, such as anger, hatred, passion and fear. Unless we can find a way to root out and release these negativities, they will remain the dominant side of our nature. Vipassana helps us to clean up our act. The aim of the technique is control over ourselves, not the manipulation of others. So, where does enlightenment fit in? Enlightenment is another way of describing the same process and follows naturally. We purify the mind by meditating and doing our best to follow a wholesome lifestyle. Little by little, we develop the qualities of enlightenment in us. Vipassana gives good results here and now. That doesn't mean we become instant Buddhas. Slowly but surely, changes will show in our attitudes and behaviour, which ultimately lead to perfection. But let's not get hung up on that one. Better look after the pennies, and the pounds will look after themselves. Heaven can wait. So, what's the role of the teacher, and how is it all financed? A Vipassana teacher or assistant teacher is an experienced meditator whose job it is to guide others in meditation. The aim is to develop understanding and self-sufficiency in those who want to practice, not dependency. He or she is a spiritual friend to the student, not some distant guru. 
This is a voluntary, unpaid service. Vipassana in this tradition is entirely free of commercialism and has no connection with political or religious organizations. It was my great good fortune to have been born deeply depressed. My earliest memories are of feeling alone, outcast from other children, sad. In school, for a time I was thought to be developmentally delayed or retarded, as the term was in those days. As I grew older, I became even less functional in life, having few friends, spending most of my time alone, being required to repeat seventh grade. As I entered my teens and on into my early adulthood, feelings of worthlessness increased and thoughts of suicide plagued me frequently. I sought the help of a long series of psychoanalysts, psychiatrists, psychologists, counsellors and social workers. They were of little help. I was always aware of feeling squeezed into some sort of box constructed of one theory or another. Often, I felt the therapist's ego so strongly intruding into the process that I felt I'd become lost in either their own grandiosity or their self-doubt. At this point, in my early twenties, I felt I'd reached the end of my rope. Nothing that our mental health professionals could offer seemed to help. I realised that if I were to get to the bottom of my misery, I would have to find the answer myself. I began to wonder about spiritual and religious practices. After all, if so many billions of people all around the world were involved, there must be some benefit and some common experience. I began reading from Christianity, Taoism, Vedanta, Confucianism, Zen, Tibetan Buddhism, Sufism and multiple New Age sources. Eventually I tried various practices I had some hope that perhaps here lay a solution. There seemed to be some common core of truth. In practice, I could not find it. It all seemed buried in layers of ritual, imagery, financial entanglements and even immorality on the part of students and an occasional teacher. The seed of hope remained, however, and I gradually developed four rules of thumb to help me in my search. 1. The practice had to be free. If there is knowledge that leads to happiness and freedom, anyone who'd found it, anyone who's teaching it, would have to want everyone to share it, and would have no use of making a profit from it, while withholding it from those who could not pay. 2. There had to be no leap of faith required, no invisible God, no blind worship. Each step must be clear and acceptable from the start. 3. There could be no exclusion of anyone, no damnation of those who were of a different path. 4. The teacher must be following his own teaching and must be free from the taints of immoral action. These criteria very much sped up my search, but eliminated virtually everything that I'd come into contact with so far. I was practicing in a rather eclectic, diluted school of Buddhism when I finally met someone who'd taken a course of Vipassana in India. 
after I took my first course with Mr. Goenka. I knew I'd found the tool that met all my four criteria for a pure practice. There were no miracles, but I found that, course after course, year after year, my lifelong depression became manageable. More precisely, I became less reactive to the suffering that is the nature of life. Of course, dark moods still come, but they're more like watching a cloud pass in front of the sun than like being buried in a mudslide. Ben Turner is a nurse practitioner who's worked on the medical staff of a US jail for nine years. What is Vipassana? A man may conquer a million men in battle, but one who conquers himself is, indeed, the greatest victor. Dharmapada, verse 103. Vipassana meditation is a straightforward, practical way to achieve real peace of mind and lead a happy, useful life. In Pali, the old language of India, Vipassana means to see things in a special way, that is, as they really are, not just as they seem to be. It's a logical process of mental purification through self-observation. Vipassana is the technique the Buddha practiced to become enlightened and what he taught for the remaining 45 years of his life. By direct personal experience, the Buddha realized the extent to which we human beings live in a contrived world of fantasy and delusion, our own little world, far away from actuality. Vipassana meditation keeps us on track by always focusing on the reality of the present moment. Vipassana is a universal technique, a way of knowing oneself which is totally non-sectarian, without any unquestioning faith or connection with organised religion. The Buddha did not coin the term Buddhist, nor did he claim that the path he was teaching was his discovery alone. He had no interest in building up a sect of dependent disciples or establishing a personal following. The central issues for him were twofold, the truth of suffering, physical and mental, and how to fully liberate oneself from this universal condition. Dhamma, the law of nature operating in and outside us, was what he taught. The whole teaching can be summarised in a few short lines. Abstain from all unwholesome actions. Perform wholesome ones. Purify your mind. Dharmapada, verse 183. The practice of Vipassana meditation is anchored around these three trainings. To avoid unwholesome action. To achieve control over the mind in the service of wholesome actions. To purify the mind through the wisdom of insight. By learning the technique and applying it in life, one is not going through some rite or ritual. Immediate concrete improvements will result. Now, as in the Buddha's time, ordinary men and women, as well as those devoted to a spiritual life from many different traditions, benefit from the practice.
the shared aspiration, the enduring aim, is to become a better person. To learn the technique, it is necessary to take a 10-day residential course with a qualified teacher before practicing on one's own. The course, whether it is held at one of the many centres around the world or at some rented site, is always provided on a donation-only basis. There are no charges for the teaching, food or accommodation. The teachers and workers who staff the course all give their services freely. In this pure tradition, all costs are met by the donations of grateful students who have themselves experienced the benefits of the technique and want others to have the same opportunity. Find this and many more podcasts at Pariati, a nonprofit publisher who offers written, audio, and video content, and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information, please go to www.pariyati.org. That's pariyati.org. For more information about Vipassana meditation, please visit www.dhamma.org. That's dhamma.org.